Sagen Sie jetzt mal bitte A. Ah. Anarchie. 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 Ob geschichtlich oder brandaktuell. Mit Berichten und Interviews, mit Beiträgen und Collagen. Beleuchtet das anarchistische Radio Berlin das Phänomen des Anarchismus. Viva Anarchie! As Anarchist Radio Berlin, we had the opportunity of talking to some comrades from the Anarchist Federation in Great Britain. We already published the first half of this interview as part of our international radio project Bad News in August 2019, focusing on the never-ending topic of Brexit and the possible repercussions on the population. Now you can listen to the complete version of this interview concerning also the backstop question in Ireland, the anarchist approach to Brexit as such, anti-fascism and what our comrades learned from the recent Congress of the International of Anarchist Federations, IFA, in Slovenia's capital, Ljubljana, where this interview was recorded. Okay, so you managed to get out of Great Britain. You think this will be a common practice in the coming months or what? No, I think um, we won't be allowed to cross the channel. We won't be allowed out of Britain. And if we can get out of Britain, they won't let us in to the continent. So, and who can blame them? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more likely that we're uh, just going to pay more flight like, visas and stuff. Yeah, and just like stricter border controls especially for like people coming in from other countries well as you can tell maybe also from the accents of course we are talking with some comrades from great britain or at least this where they active so this is an interview about the current situation and we'll just talk about some of the topics present at the moment we have a crazy person just assuming command what can we expect in the next months Yeah, so this is, I think it's third prime minister of the party. The, next, the last two have not been elected. They're just, you know, they're just replacing the last one because they can't get their policies through. Next one, yeah, Boris Johnson, I don't even like to say the name, but he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's like saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make Brexit happen. But we still don't know. I think he's still a bit of an unknown. I think with Boris Johnson now as Prime Minister, we're much more likely to have a no-deal Brexit, which means, which basically leaves like those with more power in our society to set new rules and stuff. We're not going to be protected by EU laws, so pretty, it could be quite likely that we'll see like workers' rights taken away completely. Oh, not completely, but massively reduced, sort of, like working conditions, worsening. I think Boris Johnson's public persona as a as a crazy buffoon is a very convincing act. Underneath it all, he's him and the people supporting him are calculating and nasty pieces of work. And I think with the recent trend of prime ministers, I think where we are with Boris Johnson now is is bad. But for Each one before him, they they become less and less reasonable and less, they show their true faces more and more. I hate to think what will come after him. It's frustrating as anarchists because you'd think it would be self-evident by now how ridiculous um, representative democracy is. I mean, as you know, was just said, he wasn't elected prime minister by the people, just, just elected leader of his party. And it's only a couple of years since the, the vote on Brexit and everyone seems to have forgotten that he was originally against Brexit but then decided that his political future would be better if he became a Brexiteer. So, you know, he's not even somebody who 
who's ideologically committed to Brexit and yet he's the person that will deliver Brexit. So it's just frustrating for us, really. Yeah, I believe that almost none of the current pro-Brexit people actually thought Brexit was going to happen. I think it was just a, a gambit which they thought they'd be able to get a bit more popularity from the narrow loss of Brexit and they'd be able to show themselves as kind of the, the true British rebels and defeated by the liberal status quo. I think the irony with Brexit as well is it's supposed to be about the people having a voice and actually the whole of the discourse has been dominated by the political class for the, you know, ever since and, and actually that's what we, you know, so many things that are like about social struggles and some of the changes that were made by this government and previous governments, it, it's harder and harder to, uh, to contest those. They're not really very high in the media because Brexit is everything at the moment. So, you know, we've had the, the really sort of terrible effects of this benefits and welfare scheme, universal credit. It's really caused widespread poverty in the UK. And, you know, that you know sometimes the, the worst parts of it raise themselves in the media. But actually, that's, you know, that's just one of the policies that was introduced by the same party and, you know, is continuing. And we don't know whether that any, anything whether that will change. Also, you know, there's many other the conservative policies about about neoliberalism, free markets, and you know all of those things are part of their program. We don't know what's going to happen to the national health service. In spite of all the promises that actually leaving the European Union could benefit the NHS, actually we might not have an NHS if the sort of the neoliberal end of the Conservative Party gets their way. And the same can be said of other parts of the welfare state. I gather that uh, your view is also that with the Brexit uh, comes a lot of austerity. Still advocating a Remainy position is not really within the anarchist spectrum. What is the anarchist position or what is the anarchist practice towards this really strange question? <laughs> um, it, it's kind of a strange question because We've, we've kind of risen above it and not not actually really discussed it in terms as as you know as the anarchist federation in terms of anything like a position. I mean, nobody's pro poverty, nobody's anti Europe. It's um, you know we we just kind of people are responding in diff, in different ways to it. There's definitely not an anarchist position. And the thing is, if you you know if you adopt a, a strong remain position, then you have to think you know how does that look to ordinary people? It looks like you are just siding with the kind of the liberal centre in some way which isn't what we're about but I suppose what we do is kind of look look for what could work positively thing, so things like yeah there will be more austerity poverty is really getting bad in Britain you've, you've children literally malnourished you know going going to school um, without anything to eat food, so feeding programs and food banks are a really really big thing already and they'll have they'll become more and more important and those are you know essentially run by volunteers and by people donating food and I suppose anarchists kind of on one level we take comfort in things like that but at the same time it's it, it will get harder and harder you have to have the people that have got the money to buy the food to give away in the first place and increasingly I think it'll be run by the churches that's that's beginning anyway Way. You know, they may be the only people in the, the sort of third sector that have got the resources to, to sustain that. I think a lot of anarchists have got different positions on it. So there's a fair amount of people which are uh, like, we should be staying in the EU, even if it's just to stop the rise in uh, racism, like xenophobia and like anti-immigration mentality. Because like, literally from like the day the referendum results were announced we saw a massive increase in like hate crimes that includes sort of like eu like citizens 
Uh, but then there's also sort of like as anarchists, we've, we've got those which are like saying like we should have got on on board with sort of like uh, the leave campaign as well to talk to individuals within it and actually using it as an opportunity to actually talk to people going it's not the eu it is sort of like like capitalism is the issue and like yeah eu's bad because of the borders it creates for the rest of the world we should have had those discussions but maybe it's too late to have those discussions i do have friends that are now trying to do that but it's been very much taken up like the leave campaign is very taken up by the far right so and they've been doing like for quite a long time have really put in a lot of energy and just playing on people's like worst fears and stereotypes with a joke of sort of like thinking like <laughs> like British people think that we'll do what uh, like I guess some British people do to other countries like go over there and like buy up all the houses for like holiday homes and stuff like that and just sort of like speak loudly in our own in our own language uh, people. I think we're also in a difficult position now in regards to the confidence that's being given to the right wing and the more extreme right wing. If we quickly go through to a Brexit that's of course bad but for as long as it's delayed that's that's almost that's giving extra fuel to to the right wing so it just seems like we're in this untenable position in terms of of, of brexit feeding this this racism now and and as well as the delay giving yeah time for these sort of yeah xenophobia to sort of amplify itself even after brexit i think it would be you know, it's a it'd be an illusion to think it'll go away i don't think it'll ever be good and brexit will never be good enough for the right mm. so what they'll do is they'll after brexit they'll go well actually it's not happening quickly enough and they've already done this with migration numbers so the governments have actually already tried to reduce migration the press are going yeah but why are all these people still here and, and actually I think we'll just see we could we could see just more and more of that after Brexit so I don't think it'll be ever good enough for the right and I think they'll you know, however however much of a Brexit it is it won't be enough and so that's the real worry so I think that gives the right a, a discourse that they can continue um, so there won't necessarily be any break after Brexit they won't necessarily see it as a victory enough of a victory unless something changes and we know that capitalists you know don't really want it to be no migration and because we talked about it in the Eve Congress uh, over this weekend you know there are you know there are states and capitalism are very selective of what kind of migration they want so it's never going to be all or nothing and so there'll always be room for the right to say it's not enough. Also uh, we have to think about who are the new people that the capitalist class is going to exploit so I think it's really likely that um, you'll have contracts being sold to people overseas who are going to recruit workers and bring them over and we'll see a model that we've seen a little bit in Britain but not so much yet where you've got you know a migrant workforce all from one place and they're kind of ghettoized and you know kept in prefabricated buildings and not allowed to actually go out and meet people and other people don't get to meet them and they'll be and then the news will get out that you know they're doing work for for five pounds an hour or something and and then it'll be oh these people are taking our jobs you know <laughs> I mean, even though nobody should you know have to do those jobs in the first place but yeah i think we'll you know we'll see large numbers of, of non-white migrants having a really rough time really bad on a bit different topic but regarding the brexit do you have any vision on uh, the probable re-emergence of the frontier of the border uh, between ireland and northern ireland I think it's 
we don't know. It's a, I mean, it's a problem for the for the you know it's a problem for the government and problem for the EU. They don't actually know what the solution is apart from to accept this deal and uh, and this that's you hear about the terms deal or no deal. Well, the deal was the one that the EU agreed with Theresa May. Of course, he's no longer uh, prime minister, and that deal no, there's no majority for that. So the alternative is yeah this sort of potential for having this border re- re-emerging in Northern Ireland and, and, and obviously that's uh, something that the capitalists don't want and obviously people who live in live in on, on the island of Ireland don't want either and obviously there's you know people are aware of the history and you know could be worried about uh, re-emergence of violence and, and all those things are possible I, I don't really know the details but I get the impression when we're hearing about it we're divorced from the solution but when, you know, when they're talking about what the solution might look like I think that it's possible it's some kind of technology solution you know they want they want goods to be able to flow maybe they'll you know, we talked about this again at the Congress here. They might be thinking about locking goods so that they can go across England, across the water, and then they'll only be allowed to be opened once they get into the north. All of these are technology solutions, which I'm sure technology companies will be eagerly uh, looking to help with. I don't think we know what the answer is. I've heard of uh, groups which are like far right that used to have did a lot of like um don't know rising sort of like racism in the uk like britain first now sort of like operating in like northern ireland which again like stirring stuff up there like creating more that patriotic mentality of being part of britain i was like it's never fully gone away in northern ireland like yeah it's been sort of like when i've gone to like belfast you see sort of like union jacks everywhere it's the most patriotic part of britain so talking about the xenophobia the racism that is kind Coming uh, up uh, geared by this uh, Brexiteer talks and uh, the policies, uh, is there also a rise in anti-fascist uh, reaction to that, or is it a problem also for us on how to deal with it? I f- feel like uh, we need to change strategies around anti-fascism. In London, like Anarchist Federation have been part of uh, organising a London Assembly of anti-fascists, which is getting all the different networks of anti-fascists together and working together. And this has created like very successful demonstrations stopping the far-right marching in the street. We've seen like people, far-right politicians, sort of like going on speaking to us, like leading up to like the European Parliament vote and people just throwing milkshakes at them in the street. So we're seeing an increase like, I don't know, people accepting like use of violence against fascists, which is good, and organising together. I think the xenophobia or, 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 and racism or, it isn't confined to the sort of the fascist right mm. uh, anyway. And I, and I think Britain's discourse about sort of immigration, for example, is especially over the last you know last few years, let's, at least since the London bombings, has been about Islamic terrorism and mm. and, the, and the threat of Sharia law as well. I mean, that was it was Sharia law and that kind of fear being stoked about about Islam, which really like fueled the rise of. of Groups like the English Defence League, and next that, and that discourse has still fed through into the sort of what you might say as the sort of the fascist right, and so it's it's not completely clear cut that that fits with the sort of a more generalised approach to migration. So uh, it can do, obviously, but I think that it's you know we're seeing increased securitised of society but again that's all really focused on terrorist threat it's not a completely clear picture at the moment either yeah as my 
comrade was saying, I think um, there is a, a somewhat growing confidence for anti-fascists. And I think our society is becoming more polarised, as is probably the case in many places. In our own mild, awkward way, like various parts of the British public are, are getting more, I think, rebellious against the, um, the more right-wing, insidious parts of the state. But you know, so people are coming out in bigger numbers for trying to do good things against climate change, against racism. There's, there is also more examples of solidarity, I think, with, with Islamic communities and, and migrant communities. It's not very visible, and I think it's not particularly organised in that it's more single issue. It's still very single issue focused. So without a anarchist need to do more to um, a, put a better coherent vision to it, I think, a coherent direction of what that capitalism is is the enemy yeah and i think i think the other side of it is that i mean people who who support brexit working class people who support brexit the people that are kind of leading the brexit parties are uh, you know are wealthy people you know like nigel farage is the most well-known one but all of these people are you know they're not working class they don't even pretend to be working class so i think sometimes think you know how are they managing to keep the support of ordinary people and i think maybe the terrorists Thing helps a bit there because they they kind of argue for security of our borders and the sort of need for internal security a bit more. So I th- I think that the sort of the anti-terrorist discourse is is really something that the the kind of elite Brexiteers are, are relying on, which again makes me worry about what's going to happen when we we've got lots more workers from other parts of the world other than Europe. Do you have anything else that you would add that we haven't talked so far? I guess recently we've seen a lot of like big petition campaigns around like uh, stopping deportation, which like is being like as like people who would never actually think about it, like friends of theirs being deported. And I think this is getting people to think more about sort of like what this means. Like I've got a, a friend, sister, sort of like in a, a very Christian background, like Catholic, and like her church there's someone who's being deported from it's someone who's like from a very poor working class background and sort of like normally it's quite racist and they're against migration but her seeing like their friend being threatened with deportation someone who's like like them it's actually going oh my god like we need to probably say oh my god but yeah <laughs> they would uh that it's actually meant they've gone out and actually done like campaigns to make sure that this person can stay and i think this is sort of, like quite positive and We'll see, hopefully, people making these connections more. I think the other thing, um, you know, to think about in the context of the EFA Congress is we, in the Anarchist Federation, we've always tried really hard to be good internationalists and better internationalists than, than British anarchists perhaps have been historically. It's really important to us, and the, the connections and the flow of ideas and information is really important in itself. But the ideology that underpins it that you know the the working class globally needs you know needs to be self-aware as something global and international in order to achieve liberation that's something that we want to continue and um i mean yeah brexit will probably make it more difficult for us to to come to the continent and meet other comrades and the economy will go to pieces and so you know it'll be harder for us to do than it has been but i think you know we need to continue to do it and to be committed to uh working with our, our international comrades I think what's been really useful coming to IFA 
has been like hearing what's happening in other countries of like the rise of the far right. It's very interesting listening to our friend from Brazil who Brazil is facing a lot of like migration from the north to the south because of sort of like climate change and like people on the streets sort of like not the government putting people back on the buses and sending them back up north where they can't make a, a viable life for themselves. I feel like this is something like we need to make other people aware of but also think about that this could happen in the UK as well and that we need to be preparing for stuff like this like what are we going to do like we need to be on the streets and like stopping like the far right from putting people back on boats and sending them back across the channel or whatever like we'll be doing this and I think this could get other people seeing like I guess more direct action getting more involved with stuff like that and feeling like violence is okay and be able to combat against the uh, states and other people I really agree. I think you know, with having expanded EFA from the last Congress uh, to to more groups uh, and really trying to integrate the groups from Latin America has you know given us more insights into into different aspects of migration that we didn't have before. And the same was said. You know, we're back here in Ljubljana in the Balkans. The same. You know, we learned a huge amount about migration and what was happening maybe on what you might call the edges of, of Europe from having you know building those relationships with with groups in you know Slovenia Croatia and obviously expanding out in, and, and some of the work we've done you know outside of Europe and so I think our analysis is changing and I had a really good in-depth uh, session on migration here in, in, in Ljubljana and that we're going to be presenting the results of that and hopefully others will will read it because we really added to our analysis about what happening so you know we just just heard about internal migration in brazil but that's also happening in other countries in latin america argentina obviously we know about huge flows of people who are who are mo- movements of people moving to the to the north uh, of the americas but also it's happening to the south um, as, you know, towards argentina and and also from other countries and to and from other countries so you know that's adding to our knowledge and then obviously we accept that we know l- less about some other areas of the of the world like Africa so you know we've still got a lot of work to do um, but I think it's it's these congresses that really help us um, develop our analysis and also then leading to practical coordinations and you know we're, we're committing aiming to commit ourselves to do you know some meaningful action around migration and uh, um, in the future as well as developing our analysis. Thank you very much for the interview and uh, yeah I hope to talk to you again uh, after Halloween. Uh, knowing that uh, no matter what happens uh, the struggle won't change fundamentally and we will go on